0: Here you are. This is Deconversion Therapy, the podcast, and this talking is Bonnie and And that. This
1: this talking (laughs) is also Bonnie. No, Karen.
0: This talking.
1: (laughs) I don't think our voices sound the same, although I think someone has mentioned that before, like they can't tell us apart. I don't think we sound the same.
0: No, and maybe sometimes I mimic your voice because I do that. Right.
1: right,, well, you copy everything about me. That's right. <laughs> um, so let me let me just
0: randomly tell you what I'm a bit concerned with today. Okay. <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna text this to you so you can see what I'm talking about. And do you follow Shithead Steve on Instagram? Yes. yes. Do you read it religiously like I do?
1: Probably a little bit, but I definitely okay. know that I have stolen some of the memes and reposted on our on ours. I
0: just sent this
1: to you. It, is this real?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll tell you what it is okay for the sake of the people who can't see it right now
1: it is a meme of a guy drawing on his fingers with an oh no yeah he is getting tattooed on his fingers orange like just cheeto dusts And he says, oh, you're a big snack fan? That's cool. Did you get flaming hot Cheeto dust permanently tattooed on your fingers today, though? Oh, my gosh. If that's true, that's like the epitome of a bad decision. That's a terrible... Oh, no. His name is Julian Glander, and he is... um, Twitter verified, so he's someone. Oh, my God. He should have gotten it a little above his lips, though, too. Oh. He's not all slays in. He me. He's such to- a poser. Oh,
0: my God. That just cracks me up.
1: Because I I've worry. told Karen
0: before, if we get together in the same city at some point, I would get a tiny smiley face on my big toe, the bottom of my toe. No one will ever see it but it'll oh. make me laugh and it's very funny especially since Karen hates to- hates toes right
1: <laughs> i think that that would be the best thing to put a smiley face on it i hate 98% of toes every once in a while there's a foot or toes that i'm like <laughs> you know that's that's all right but right we have been plagued recently by someone we grew up in church with who has had some foot operations and has posted pictures with the stitches the black and blue the the bloating the it's oh my horrendous. god
0: i must have either blocked this person or just am not reading facebook well then
1: i'm sending it to you because <laughs> we have to be there for each other in this journey called life so this um, I can take it, but wait a minute! I'm not finished with the whole tattoo thing. Oh no!
0: Okay, so wouldn't it be awesome if people in church got like tattoos of where they think the nails went in Jesus's arms? Okay, because yeah. it's you, not in his hands because that would have ripped his hands. Right, and he wouldn't it have, was in his wrists. That's right, because the bones would support that. Did you know? As we who know that.
1: I'll I never you. thought about it, but, you know, John three sixteen is supposed to be how you become a Christian. But mm-hmm. Jesus on the cross, when his, um, his little neighbor there uh, that was a thief was talking to him, Jesus mm-hmm. said, you know, today I'll see you in paradise. But that guy didn't proclaim him as Lord or anything. Weird. So... It was, just random.
0: It was like saying, I'm going to see the same place.
1: You're going to I heaven. Go? Although you're not really a follower of me. Right. But you just said something nice. So you're going. <laughs>
0: Backstage pass. That's um, right. But let me, let me tell you one thing about uh, one of our friends from college. I went to meet him. Um, I'm texting you who it is right now. And if he's listening, he's going to know. Yep. Yeah. So I went to meet him in Tampa. I flew from New York. He picks me up at the airport. We're going to drive across the state together and he's got to go get stuff from his house first. So, you know, we're on the way over to his house, walk in the door and he's like, oh, this is my roommate, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what my face must have looked like, but this guy gets up off the sofa and he's got a full-on face tattoo in red ink. (sighs) And I'm like, okay, I I hope that I told him afterwards because in my mind I did. You couldn't have given me a warning. Right. You couldn't have told me before I walked in. And he says, "Well, he doesn't like people staring at him." <laughs> Why did he get a face tattoo? <laughs> he said, "He said the color of the ink is called menstrual red." No way!
1: Oh, that's so gross! Oh my god! You, what was it of? Was it like words? Or <laughs> you know, I'm sure after I looked and then went
0: like, "Oh, fiddly-dee-dee, and looked <laughs> looked away and pretended to do something
1: oh oh that was so awkward okay so we need to find out what it was up I think uh, there are one or two people with face tattoos that I'm like okay they have a job where this is working for them and you know bless them what job is that tattoo artist (laughs) oh well yeah (laughs) but um yeah, I just think yikes. You know, my favorite is um, this man and his son got arrested, and they had mug shots, and the old man <laughs> had "get her done" on his forehead. <laughs> I'll put that. I'll put that on our Twitter, Facebook, uh, doodly do. Okay. <laughs> so so what month, are we doing? we're introducing getting face tattoos um this month we is january we're at the end of january and bonnie and i are doing podcasting stuff because you're gonna be getting these new episodes in february and we also
0: backstage stuff or behind
1: the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. stuff you're not privy to so keep your beaks out of it we did start a patreon campaign you can go to patreon.com slash deconversion we really appreciate the people who are already supporting us and we just uh we're and we sent them notes to say thank you yeah Thank stamps. you for doing that, because I'm not organized like that. You would and never... it's not some
0: kind of like horseshit cop out. Yeah, let's send a, an email.
1: No, no, and
0: send the same message to everybody.
1: We do it all the way, and yeah. we would love it if you gave Bonnie carpal tunnel by supporting <laughs> us. You can just do the price of a nice coffee at starbucks a month you can do more than that and it comes with all these perks including some behind the scenes recordings and special things like that so yeah really, and like you can choose what we talk about so you know if right. you want to talk more about communion wafers that's your choice we will <laughs> research the hell out of it we will give you a. Uh, a whole segment that we'll do on whatever you choose. Hey, if I supported it, I could talk about something Karen doesn't want to talk about. Ha <laughs> ha! Loophole. Great. If you send us toes, <laughs> I'll do it. I I can handle it because I love our listeners more than you. So it'll that's just that's an
0: awful thing to say
1: make her cry people please <laughs> okay so we're at this moment in time when you and I are recording this there you is the record? new coronavirus coronavirus Corona. I don't know and I don't even really know what it does except kill people and it reminds me of all the scary things where I think we're all going to die of SARS or Ebola and then hopefully nothing happens. So I decided to do the worst thing ever and put the coronavirus into Twitter just to see some of the religious stuff that comes up. There are two Mm -hmm. tweets there that talk of prayer. One is like, pray for these people and let God, you know, help them. And the next one is pray for these people and let Allah help them. And I'm (laughs) like, we have it. It's coming from all sides. And then Uh. there's this guy that wrote... Extremely saddened for the casualties caused by this virus in China, um, because China treated Muslims in a very inhumane manner, and this is one of the torments of God for them. So the bottom line before we get into an older episode about miracle healers is that every religion even the ones that you think are bad, have miracles also, and they have beliefs also, and they pray for healing, just like Christians here in America and some of the Western world does. So when we think, okay, they have just these totally different beliefs, no, nope, they're pretty much the same. In fact, so I had this teenager, um, tried challenging me on our Instagram and DMs with an idiotic uh, thing. He said, do you believe in the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything? So I just wrote scientific? Yes. Um, And then he said, if I were to show you a book with colored pictures, sentences, page numbers... And I told you it made itself, would you believe me? I'm like, oh, shit. This is such a juvenile <laughs> argument. So, so an Archie comic. Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, said, do you believe in creation and that the world was created in six days? And he basically said yes. And I said... Oh, I thought you meant Allah because, you know, the Muslim Bible also has creation where God created it in six days. So I love to just sort of do that little stab and jab and just, you know, we have the same mythology was going around. And that's why we have the same stories. But Better you than me, because the questions that
0: I ask them, they just want to stop talking to me.
1: With me, I'm like, why do
0: you need to know?
1: Yeah, I did. I did that, too. And then he went on, and then I just said, you know, peace be with you, young little asshole. No, um, <laughs> but I'm not your mission field, which is a great line from Chrissy Stroop. Yeah. Go Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. So this um, week, you get to listen to some things on Benny Hinn, who I love because there are so many gifts about him. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> I think that the hair and the suit together make it very memorable.
1: If, if you're too lazy to put your hand on someone's forehead and push them back to slam in the spirit and you just use your jacket... I, it's Did he just, do that? Yeah, he he swung his jacket and like people would just fall Oh right, out. right, right, right. Oh my! And there was a nice. But gift apparently, you know, in person, he's got that
0: ability, that charisma that that hypnotists do.
1: Yeah, to charm I mean, and and woo the crowd. Yeah. Everyone can learn a skill, plus you've got the, hey, Everyone you know. can learn a skill.
0: <laughs> they can't.
1: Not everyone can learn that. Not everyone, but he can learn. He had the charisma, and he's got the skill of mesmerizing and hyping people up until they believe. So, right. Yeah. Um, it's like telling someone, you know, don't throw up now don't throw up don't and they do i don't know why that was a random thought in my head wow i know i'm not gonna go throw up but thank you don't don't
0: don't you- do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it um thanks for all the support and for listening and without further ado be thou healed
0: Bonjour, this is Deconversion Therapy Podcast and I'm Bonnie,
1: I'm Karen,
0: and we would like you to subscribe to
1: this podcast, (laughs) Um, I like the way you say this podcast, (laughs) don't go (laughs) subscribing to others. Don't go changing.
0: We're trying to just laugh about uh, how we grew up very, very much uh, intertwined with the Southern Baptist Evangelical Church, and we left that. Karen more of a decision. I was more of a backslider and just never slid forward. (laughs) And that's okay because I started thinking about why I didn't want to go back to church. So we've just always used humor to... You know, get through tough times and just amuse ourselves. That's nothing noble.
1: That's right. And we um. have not matured in our way of dealing with things. And so here we are, dealing with leaving a community and a church and an identity behind. And you know what? A lot of people are still very active. Did I say this on the
0: podcast last week that I went to a memorial service and I couldn't believe how many people got up to take
1: communion? Yes. Oh my gosh. That That is, well, I think, yeah, but I think they're liars. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think it, or it's like that social, like, you know. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess a lot of people grew up in the church. Yeah, especially in the U.S. It's such a societal thing, which I always think about when people are like, can't believe I'm not a Christian. And, right. you know, there's the time to say we have listeners who are Christians, Jewish, you know, anyone can listen to this and... You know, I doubt you'll get offended unless you enjoy being offended. Then you'll be offended. But
0: that's a really good way to say it. We're not laughing at people. We're more trying to laugh with people and at ourselves for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I always think when people are like, you know, can't believe that I'm not a Christian, when I'm in the Bible Belt and surrounded by all these Christians, so many times I want to be like, if by a stroke of luck we were all born in Saudi Arabia, you guys would be the ones in full head coverings, and right. I would be the one not doing that stuff. But, eh, I'm t- I'm I'm still not brave enough to do that because I have family. Right. Yeah, right. Maybe. And there, are, do, I, do people
0: not? Uh, they don't think about what came to play to make them born who they are and what they are and where they are. Exactly. And why on, you didn't do anything to be lucky enough to be born here.
1: Right. Exactly. That's right. And people (laughs) are like, well, it's by God's grace. Like, (laughs) who can say that to like two year old, you know, kids in Ghana, but. (sighs) All right. Now I'm already getting upset. Oh, sorry. Now I'm joking. We're also on Instagram and on Facebook. We have a page you can like, Deconversion Therapy Podcast. And then Deconversion Therapy is a closed secret group where you can post things and discuss things and do anything you want in there. Okay. Well, I want to add, for people who listen to the Jim Baker versus Pat Robertson Kukoff episode which I think was just two episodes ago we talked about all the buckets of goop and gruel that he's that he tries to sell and then in our Facebook group um, there's a woman who runs a, a book press and one of the writers she works with Josiah Hess, wrote something i think it was for vice and it was about watching jim baker infomercials or no watching the jim baker show i think for like 24 hours and everything he learned and pretty much it was torture because they just kept selling the whole idea of the buckets and how you could (laughs) you know how the end of the world's coming and all that
0: I need some. I need to see some video of what's in the bucket and what you do with it. Uh, I mean, is it gruel? Is it like the way that they give the food to the prisoners on Orange is the New Black?
1: I think some of it's like that. But then some of it, it looks like a, a flimsy burrito-like thing. So I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. And I don't know if I want to, but I was right. researching. That's right. I was looking it up the other day. You know, he sells a bucket of Fiesta, his Fiesta pail is right. called, which is so disgusting. That's got to have a lot of beans in it. Uh, and he sells it for $100. And I saw it, I went like, I wonder where else is this is sold. And you can get it on Amazon for $54. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the article on Vice by Josiah Hess is called "I Spent 24 Hours Watching Christian Infomercials," oh, and it's just funny. And he he talks about um, the Tasty Pantry Deluxe Food Buckets and how you're guaranteed <laughs> to get over 10,000 servings of pizza, mac and cheese, and chocolate pudding while you wait out the apocalypse. Deluxe and bucket just shouldn't be it. in the same so sentence as food. I know. Okay, so this week we've decided to do healers. I'm going to be doing Catherine Coleman, and you're doing... Benny Hill. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> His name's Benny Hinn. That's right. But When I first said it to her. Yeah. But... When you ended up looking him up, because you're not as familiar with that whole side of Christianity no. like I am, did you recognize him, though? A little bit. Yeah, because he's, like, yeah. the main one people make fun of. So He's very slick. He's slick, all right.
0: But I really didn't think – when I looked him up at first, I was like, oh, gosh, this, there's not that much funny going on here. And so then I was like, well, I'll just trick Karen and look up Benny Hill and see what's happening with <laughs> <little> <laughs> Benny Hill. So I read his history. And then apparently Jane Leaves, who was Daphne on Fraser,
1: she was on the Benny Hill show. That sounds so, – no, it does not sound familiar. Really? there so yeah, would have so been like a baby.
0: Well, Frazier was on a while ago. Yeah, true. Um, and uh, But there she is in her bra, you uh, know. Yeah. And there's Benny
1: Hill just being a dirty old perv. Right, right. <laughs> yep. Same with Benny Hill. No. Okay, so I'll start. I'm going to do Catherine Coleman. And she was way back in the day. She was born in 1907. And really? She, wow. I know. She um, was born in some small town in Missouri, I think, and uh, ended up, I think, like her older sister and brother in law were traveling preachers. She decided to go with them. So she didn't even finish high school. And then she went out on her own doing like tent preaching and then slowly like tent healings and things like that. She became very popular and ended up between the 40s and the 70s going around the country. And she ended up having her own TV program in the 60s. That's crazy. Uh, I no. I believe in miracles. So she was really one of the few, no, first, like televangelists. And she was a lady. She was a lady. So it was craziness. But what's even crazier than being a lady televangelist <laughs> is that she was a divorcee. So wow. she ended up marrying another minister guy. But the whole thing was a little suspect because he (laughs) left his wife for her. And she didn't want to believe that. She didn't know that. She just thought Uh they got divorced, that the wife left him. So everyone was telling her, oh, don't marry him, don't marry him. And she went ahead. She's like, I asked God, and I just didn't know. I went ahead and married him. And right after she walked out of the church, she went to, um, like— found her best friend and cried for the rest of the time. Like, I've made a mistake, but I don't know how to get out of it (laughs) because she didn't want to be divorced. (laughs) And then later, they finally did divorce. Um, And so that made it even worse for her. She reminds me of a woman, a character actress, who would show up on, like, Bewitched, And she'd wear a long, flowy gown, jewelry. She had her hair, you know, in tight curls, red hair. She was tall. She had um, a huge, like, mouth and smile. And she would talk like these and I believe in miracles (laughs) so when I first saw a video of her I was scared shitless until you get used to it because you see like she has this charm about her well that's, that's how they
0: roll that's why they are in the position that they are
1: right and she always would say I'm not i'm not a faith healer i hate being called a faith healer god is that's it i don't do anything and so i read a few things where these christians would be like i was skeptical but what person ever says it's not me it's god and i'm like everyone who wants you to believe them um but she, yeah, would have this beautiful flowing dress and she became such a phenomenon that she was on Johnny Carson show. She was wow. referred to on um Mary Tyler Moore show and what was her name? Ruth Buzzy like did a comic <gasps> skit of her on whatever show that was. Uh, Laugh in. Yep. Yeah, and I can see that. In. Yeah, so my grandmother
0: was, used to tell me, "Cut those bangs; you look like Ruth Buzzy." <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute! That's that's a good thing, right?" I like I love her. Ruth Buzzy.
1: <laughs> uh, but she was just this cultural phenomenon, and a lot of the articles I read on her actually came from like People Magazine because she would be in there; they'd do articles about her. Right. I can see her being in Parade
0: Magazine, even (laughs) in the newspaper insert. But uh, I just Googled pictures of her, and all of these pictures, she's got the same kind of long gown on with the wide bell bottom sleeves.
1: Bell bottom sleeves, you know, like a flower around the neck type thing, fabric flower. Uh And supposedly, all her, she liked the finest things dresses, all her jewelry was real. She didn't have a big bank account or no, let me say she didn't have a large salary, but she had yeah. a foundation that people would pay into. And she did a lot of good with the foundation, like opened up schools and different things in other parts of the world. But she was later sued for like skimming part from the foundation <laughs> and using it for herself and You know, the usual. Um, They they just can't keep their hands off of that money. It's right there. It's right there. So she's got this really alluring way of talking to people. She was even at Carnegie Hall, I think. But she would be at somewhere in L.A. that she would always sell out. And it would be 7,000 people waiting to get in. And another 7,000 were already inside. So they would, and she could have them weekly. It didn't matter how long and they would last anywhere Mm. from two hours to four or six hours. And she would just start, she would come out. She'd had a beautiful smile, very engaging, but it was the way that she talked. (laughs) And I later read that she said she had a Southern draw and a stutter. So she Mm. had trained herself to talk like that because when she did a radio show, people couldn't understand her. Right. And I'm wondering... What could be a four-hour show could really have been, like, three hours (laughs) if she had just sped it up. And someone is going to any minute say, why didn't she heal herself? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she would say things like, there's someone here who has, you know, cancer. There's, but should we get specific? Someone on the third row is dealing with this and that. Someone there and there is dealing with this or that. Um, Oh, I know what I was going to say about her speech habits. I wonder if this was the early beginning of some of the preacheries, the way that they would talk and preach Mm. because it sounded very affected but hers she had a reason behind it right so she would start doing all these healings and there were doctors who one doctor who attended quite a few and he was like an oncologist at john hopkins which ain't no you know bad show and he (laughs) said that what he saw could only be healings that's because it was a long time ago and they didn't have testing
0: equipment that they had when they tested the people who were in Benny Hinn's audience
1: I am thinking the same thing like there was no internet there were no good cameras where you could slow things down and look did they have MRIs And I don't know, I tried to look up because it kept talking about, so everything I found was bias, either against Mm -hmm. it or for it. Like there was just no good information, but everything seemed like there were definitely people who felt that they were healed of different things, but... yeah arthritis always would be like the number one thing but I watched one healing where a woman had her kneecaps removed and something and something and she couldn't walk and right. all that and then she was walking and they'd always have her just walk across the stage and she had a dress on and I'm like show us the kneecaps <laughs> just show us because you're right Lift there your skirt And I'm sure a lot of the people believed that they were being healed and I'll get more into that. But I remember reading the book about her and there was like a scene where like the janitors afterwards would sometimes have to pick up tumors to throw them in the trash. What? And I was like, I am disgusted. I don't understand this. Why, one, why wouldn't you just pick up the tumor and carry it around and be like, this is in my eye. But yeah. I went and saw this lady. Um, oh, uh, my God. that sounds like
0: something completely wrong and false.
1: It was Like just- they didn't
0: know that it was... Poop or something. Yeah,
1: everyone just pooped. I went. (laughs) So well, the shows were very long. It sounded like they didn't want to wait for the. They'd be exhaustive, but the thing is, they didn't pay off people to do it
0: because right. And I and I was doing when I was reading about Benny Hinn. uh, You know, they give an explanation for why a lot of these
1: things happened. Oh, good. I want to hear because I think. You know, my uh, when I was reading this book, I was totally into just getting into this charismatic that uh, people heal and all this stuff. And I was reading it with amazement, but I was also, it was like so foreign to me. There was a doctor who conducted a case of 23 of the people who had said they gotten cured during a service, and then he had long-term follow-ups. And he concluded that there were no cures in those cases. One woman who'd said she'd been cured of spinal cancer threw away her brace and ran across the stage at Coleman's command. And right. her spine collapsed the next day and she died right. four months later right, painfully. But then there would be another doctor who would say, you know, that they saw they had patients and that they were healed And according to the Coleman people, that two million people had been touched by their ministry and had said they'd been healed. Now, I don't know how they verified any of those numbers or if they did at all. I just thought, okay. Why would they verify them? Why wouldn't you just say what you want to say? That's right. So I was reading this book by myself when I was 21, 22, And Bonnie remembers I broke my arm when I was in seventh grade or sixth grade, seventh grade, sixth, maybe. Okay, we'll say that. So I used to high jump and I never knew what I was doing. I just (laughs) flail over that bar. I forgot how you did that. We had high jump? Yes. I even (laughs) did like one, some ribbons at track meets. It was the sportiest I ever was. And Oh my God, high jump. So our PE teacher said, oh, why don't you try the scissors kick over? You know, I don't know. So I did it and all of a sudden I'm like laughing because I'm like, my arm feels funny. And anyway, Uh I had to have two surgeries, and my arm never straightened out. And I was 21, and I'm reading this book, and it was talking. It was getting me all hyped up. I was believing in God. I was praying. I was just into it. And then (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to put my hand, because she talked about it's Mm -hmm. not her. It's God, and anyone can pray for healing so I put my hand on my elbow and I prayed and I'm Mm -hmm. not joking it pops straight and Mm -hmm. I had been going to physical therapy before I had gone to the doctors and we would tried to straighten it out my parents who are medical professionals we'd worked on that and it never happened till then and it was instantaneous wow and so I always believed okay that's One time I got healed. And then another time um, I had a female issue. (laughs) (laughs) I only had one boob. No. And I (laughs) went to um, like a healing service where everyone just prayed for the whole place in general. And Uh I was healed then too. But it wasn't a real like healing, healing. But in my mind, I believe these to be miracles, but I am positive now that it was definitely right timing, right placement, right belief in my mind. Maybe you just stretched your arm for once. I, I, it wasn't the stretching. (laughs) I think it was the I don't know I would say the force of stretching I think it was that if God was doing it my it was going to be okay and so maybe I just pushed it harder than I usually had I don't know I don't know but I I do think it's some kind of psychological thing
0: well, I think the psychological thing there that I experienced when I broke my arm and they had to do two operations on me also, and when it was... Oh, you're just better than me. I know. <laughs> you had two operations, you said. I had three. Fine.
1: No, <laughs> so,
0: so they had they had taken the plates out, so that meant my bone was like perforated with the holes from the screws, and then I had a little splint on there, and I remember going up to a light switch and being terrified to turn the light switch off. Because I was like, oh, if I put the strain on it, my arm's going to crumble. And my mom finally yelling at me, just turn it off. <laughs> so maybe that's what had happened with you. Like, I don't want to straighten my arm out. It feels like it's going to crack.
1: Well, this you're, you are, again, from the same family where your grandmother called my parents to say, Bonnie has her tongue stuck on the ice tray in the freezer (laughs) and she was like (laughs) trying to pull it off and you're like screaming and my mom's like pour water on it you know Um, and I was 21 when that (laughs) happened it was a miracle Uh, but yeah this the whole idea of yeah if that all could happen but there are two More little things I'll tell you about her, and then I'm done with her. Done. Oh, you're almost done. All right. I was going to intersperse. Go ahead. Oh, feel free. Intersperse. No, no, no. With Benny Hinn. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, Two other things. She ended up, yeah, getting... um, There would be books written about her. Some would be like, oh, she was a fake. Oh, she wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But most everything seemed, was really positive. And I think, again, it was the time of when she lived. Mm -hmm. When she died, people finally found out how old she was because Uh she never wanted people to know. And that shows ego right there. Um, Right. And she even would tell people she was like 10 years younger. But (laughs) another weird thing was that I'm going to try and do this covert speaking where, so I knew some people in Christian industry stuff and I didn't realize that their very close relative who I knew of, um, what worked with her. And if you Hmm. look her up, you know, you'll see, all the people that worked with her forever and after a while they ended up splitting ways and I think Mm -hmm. he sued because she was keeping money back and wasn't doing a contract right or whatever later like in the 90s when I was talking with the family that was related to the people that sued her and had traveled with her and knew her and all that, they were like, you know, even they say they should have never done that because no matter what she was like, ever since they had sued her and spoke out against her, Mm. everything started going wrong in their lives. And I can't remember all the things that would go wrong in their lives, but people really believed it was because, you know, they, they went up against a woman of God, even if she was a fallible woman. And I'm like, you know what, let me just look that up. while I'm studying for the podcast and see (laughs) what some of those disasters were back in the nineties, eighties, whatever. I couldn't even go back that far because everything was about a few years ago where there, business got destroyed by some you know I don't know if it was a flood and then the next year their house got destroyed by oh my a flood and they lost everything and um including just yeah lots of things that had been part of his you know their well-known lives they had lots of Art and so forth, everything they lost.
0: Oh my gosh! I know. Well, at, although at the same time, because I believe in a different, um, uh, I believe that what we focus on comes into our life. He focuses so, on water a lot. <laughs> well, if you focus on the negative like that, you're gonna have that energy around you, and sometimes things like that just attract to you. Maybe. And you've met people
1: like this, and you know. You know. I, I definitely know some complaining whiners for sure. Right. Yes. Um, but
0: there are just some people who just the negative things are going to keep piling on them because there's something about their energy. That's the only word I can, you know, think yeah. to say
1: about it. Yeah, um, maybe. Because if they were litigious and speaking out against her, that could have said a lot about their their character and personality to begin with.
0: That could have, or it could have been the fear of retaliation. When you're living in fear, that really messes up your energy.
1: Which, Jim Baker, he's le- fearing that apocalypse. <laughs> That's why everything's That's going That's a healthy wrong. fear, like the fear of God. Oh, goodness. I know. Buckets. God. Buckets. Did you say fuckets? <laughs> Buckets. Okay. Yeah. Buckets. <laughs> So that is the life of Catherine Coleman, and that rolls well into your more well-known person. Yeah,
0: well, it wasn't to me, but <laughs> <laughs> but now he is. And when you put her name up, I was like, oh, that's who she's talking about, because she's the one who inspired Benny Hinn years ago to do what he's doing. Right. So Benny was born in Jaffa in the newly established state of Israel back then to parents born in Palestine See, with Greek, Palestinian, and Armenian heritage.
1: Go back to your country. What? I'm just being oh. an awful president. <laughs> Which
0: one? <laughs> yeah, true. But you can hear a little bit of that accent in his voice. He does not have a southern accent. Um Let's see. So it says he was raised within the Eastern Orthodox tradition. So they, the family emigrated to Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Yeah, in Canada. So it talks about the fact that he did not graduate from school, secondary school, and that he was socially isolated and handicapped by a severe stutter. Uh, 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 yep. Yeah. This is interesting. Yep. But uh, he was nonetheless a first-class student. And then it says these claims, however, have been disputed by critics of him. I wonder how much he was pretending to have a stutter because she did. Right,
1: right. And supposedly Moses did, too. So I'm wondering if it's this whole, like, God uses stutters thing. I don't know. Bob Newhart. Oh, that's yeah. a stammer. Yeah.
0: So he, he joined a troop made up of evangelicals. And then that's when in, uh, let's see, in December 73, he traveled by charter bus from Toronto to Pittsburgh to attend a miracle service conducted by Catherine Coleman. Mm-hmm. He says he never met her personally and often attended her healing services um, and has often cited her as an influence in his life. So the, the here here comes Florida into the act. When he moved to the U.S., he he came to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> so all this is kind of the boring stuff, but eventually. Um, He conducts these miracle crusades. So there are these giant revival meetings and faith healing events. One of the things that I watched on him, I was trying to not be just, here's the history of him, but more like, let's have somebody challenge it. So there's this documentary called... A question of miracles. It was on HBO in something like 2001, mm-hmm. forever ago. But you can find it on YouTube. So he's got this giant auditorium filled with people, like a rock concert. But to me, like so much more boring. They, he talks slowly. He gets into that thing, like you were saying with Catherine, with mm-hmm. the slow, the slow talking, right? And they all, and I always notice this. Like so many pastors, they they take these long pauses. And I think, uh, so That that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to ask Karen, would you rather <laughs> go to one of these things for two hours or go to a
1: Christian concert? Oh, gosh. I'd probably want to go to the healing thing. But just for curiosity. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see but- some shit go down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me, both of them just seem like, boring right. anyway. Um, so one of the main things that he tells people is that only those who have been giving to God's work will be spared. So if you give to God, you're not going to be affected by hard times.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: then the documentary focuses on this family from India and they have a son with brain tumors and it's so sad because he's in a vegetative state and they're really hoping that God Bringing him to the healer can help. So they carry him, put him in the back of a car, bring him to the event, and he's sitting there. And the people producing the documentary, you know, they've got the permission to be there from Benny Hinn. And they say, Can we have somebody who we're, you know, filming go up on stage? So the family goes up on stage. It's the mom and the dad and the kid in the wheelchair. Um, So Benny lays hands on him at the crusade. And then you find out that this family pledged $100 a month to hmm. the organization, right. and then on top of that, an additional $2,000. And they didn't have the money for that. No. no. Um, and then when you see, don't you think when you see like a whole giant sea of people like that, okay, they're all... They're all dressed. It <laughs> sounds funny, <laughs> but they're all dressed. They all have haircuts. A lot of them had perms at that time. Mm-hmm. And you realize those are the people, we see them every day. You never know who you're seeing at Macy's or wherever. Yeah. Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Kohl's for <laughs> thin Yeah. Um, and those people are all around. So somebody's got to be going to these things. Yeah. So back to the 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 child. So seven weeks after the crusade, he was dead. Oh. Um, and then they're interviewing the parents. The first question was, "Has Benny let you down?" No. Mm-hmm. Immediate, no. And then they ask, "Has God let you down?" Then there's a hesitation, and then they start <laughs> talking about what a challenge things are. I'm like, but immediately they know Benny has not let us down. Right. Right. So I don't know if they'd been coached, but then this is the part that I liked in this documentary. They started discussing the human brain and how as humans, when we evolved the frontal lobes in our brains got bigger and it gave us memory and the ability to see ahead. So it said this, this, you know, documentary commented that we are the only living creatures who can foresee our decay and death, right. and that's kind of creepy to think about. Yeah. And so I'm sending you a text right now of what that what was on the screen when it said we're the only living creatures who can foresee our decay and death. <laughs> <laughs> can you see it?
1: Not yet.
0: Oh, here it comes. Okay. And oh my gosh! I hope I sent it to the right person. Uh, oh,
1: there it is. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Oh, gross! <laughs> it's a, it's foot. a foot. It's a deformed, <laughs> disgusting foot. What no, is it's that?
0: a foot where they're burning the body. So. Oh. oh. So because we're the only living creatures who can foresee our decay and our death. Like my sweet dog sitting over there, she doesn't know what's coming. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it said to compensate, the temporal lobes and limbic system were regrouping, so they were opening this gateway to fantasy and emotion and creativity, and we developed a religious sense to explain to us what happens after we die. Right. So, despite all the science and the evidence, millions of people are still turning to religious healings. Yeah. Um. And then they talked to some people who were psychiatrists, psychologists, I'm not sure what, but they talked about how the people in the crowds were genuinely affected. Right. Um, uh, What he did was very close to what professional hypnotists do Mm -hmm. and talking slowly. And there was a whole procedure in getting these people prepared to be in a hypnotic state. Wow. And, um... And that's how they were explaining the healing thing where they, like, one of the things that he said to people was, um, where's the word? Substance! (laughs) And he would fling his arm at him and they'd fall down on the stage. Right. So that's the old hypnotist trick. Yeah. And they would do it to the
1: group. Have you ever been able to be hypnotized? I've never had it attempted on me. I have,
0: and it just doesn't work for me. Right. And which is upsetting because my mom used it and so did my grandparents to stop smoking, but I would love to be susceptible like that to some kind
1: of nice suggestion. Maybe you're more evolved. Who knows? Well,
0: I'm thinking maybe I don't have that, you know, part of the brain that all of these (laughs) people. (laughs) Well, so then they talked about, they talked about the characteristics that people like Benny Hinn and Catherine have um, who can rally crowds yeah. and influence them, you know, like, like Hitler they referenced. I love that. <laughs> right. So they have similar characteristics and that the God experience where you feel like there's a presence and somebody has spoken to you right. and you've gotten a message, that is an electrical charge in that temporal lobe mm-hmm. that they can recreate in the lab. So they talk about the science of that and how the progression of these things happened in the large group experience. And,
1: and how, you and I've yeah. talked about that before where I had felt that many times. I know. And I just didn't, except
0: well, there's, there's something that happened, like, in 2013 where I became obsessed with tennis. Mm-hmm. And it like to me, that's the most recent <laughs> <close> <laughs> thing that I can say something happened and I was just entranced and uh, everything changed. Right. And, and I'm so happy about that. But I think that something happened like with my temporal lobe. It must have been especially, you know,
1: did you go to a like public a public tennis viewing <laughs> nope. no okay it was one specific
0: match I was watching the U.S. Open and one specific match kind of did it to me right and then I was like well this this tournament's over I've got to start playing and then it becomes you know just it, <laughs> it's just being a human yeah all exactly. of these things that we're doing yeah um So my temporal lobe is just more messed up than other people's. But I think it explains why a lot of people are in congregations. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And And they believe their conversions. Yep. And when they interviewed, oh, what you were saying before with Catherine, uh, when they interviewed him and said, do you believe you're healing these people? And he said, no, God's doing it. Right. When he's in an interview, he gives good answers that sound like, well, I'm kind of doubting it, too. And this is what I've come up with.
1: Yeah. So he didn't sound like too much of a, you know. A schlock. No. Now, describe what he looks like so that our viewers here. Um, People will go like, oh, that guy. So
0: in the thing that I was watching with him, he had on a very, very tailored suit with pleated pants. But I think now he's wearing something a little bit more like a white suit that looked like an Indian style jacket.
1: Yes. Definitely an Indian look. Yeah, the collarless.
0: The little tab collar thing. Again, J.J.L. Yeah, that's our sponsor. Um, and uh, he's he's got a, like an olive complexion. He has a little sandpaku under the oh, under the eyeball. There you go. <laughs> um, but he's got I don't know what's happening with his hair. It's not as it's not as done as Trump's, but there's something where it's been it's fluffed definite. and folded <laughs> over yes. and It's Still, televangelized hair. Yeah, and short. it's. It's better than some. Yeah. Um, and it's silverish. and um, It used to be brown.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he, like,
1: it always is him going on a stage and throwing his hand out and people falling over, which for the really the first time people really saw that was with Catherine Coleman. Yeah, And they didn't even say slain. And I think they began to say slain in the spirit, but they'd be like the spirit made them fall and all that. So he definitely took, took after her. Yeah. And something that I read said that his father
0: thought that he wasn't going to be a success. And so he decided, oh, yes, I will. So maybe he saw the model that she was doing. And, of course, I think being that it was... The time that it was, he figured, well, if a lady can do it, I can do it ten times better. Mm-hmm. But that's just me putting that assumption on people, which isn't fair. The other thing is, his nephew has just come out with a book. I think it came out last Tuesday. Is Tuesday Book Day? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So he also has a like an abbreviated version, or maybe an adaptation of what was in his book in the Christian Post. Uh-huh. Um so his nephew's name is Costy Hen. I hope I'm pronouncing Coastie. it right. Costy Costy? I don't know. Is it, oh, okay. Cool. Like C-O-S-T-I, Costy Hen. Oh, okay. Um so it talks about how in 1999, he was the most famous and controversial prosperity preacher and faith healer, but to Costi he was his anointed uncle who God was using just to show us how to live. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> but to me, he was my anointed uncle whom God was using to show us how to live a life of blessing and abundance. It was the way God intended everyone to live and we were living proof. Um, so he says in here that in one sermon that he heard growing up, his uncle said that if they wanted God to do something for us, we needed to do something for him. No money, no miracle. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, to me, that's like the Caddyshack. Uh you don't got 50 cents. You don't get no Coke. <laughs> no money, no miracle. Right. So giving to God was the secret to unlocking your dreams. It was the secret to job promotions. It was access to our divine bank account. He says that Oral Roberts was one of his heroes mm-hmm. who taught him about the system of believing and giving and receiving. Um, he said it seemed like he could open the windows of heaven and cause them to rain down blessings on his own life. It was a money in, money out transaction with God as the banker.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So for a long time, he said things went well for their family. They were healthy, happy, and rich, but inevitably real life intruded for his mom's side of the family. His uncle, George, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so the situation worsened because everybody was being challenged. He didn't heal. He ended up passing away. And, of course, everybody was like, what about this guaranteed healing? So how come all these people are healed but not Uncle George? Right. And before he knew it, he said his Aunt Debbie had distanced herself from the church and the cousins from, from them. All this drama unfolded. And then they had this. They were given an explanation for his death. They rationalized that Uncle George must have done one or more of the big four which caused him to lose whatever declared healing was guaranteed. Ugh. The big four are... are a list of reasons why God didn't heal people and went something like this. Making a negative confession, using negative words about your physical condition would hinder your healing. But that's kind of what I was saying before. Your faith, <laughs> about the people. <laughs> well, about the people who were, you know, who left Catherine. Right. They use negative words about their condition. Mm -hmm. You're towing the line of televangelist. (laughs) Um, Number two, hanging around negative people. Allowing the negative words of others about your physical condition would hinder your healing. Um, Not having enough faith. Yeah. or giving enough money to prove your trust Ugh. that God would heal you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and touching the Lord's anointed, speaking against or opposing a man of God who is anointed.
1: That's Doesn't right. that sound like the family that you said exactly. left Catherine? Yeah. Like that, that's always been like, a, especially in the charismatic movement, even preachers who I really respect, they would preach that. They're like, you know, even no matter how bad those people can have their own like suffering and their own you know falling from grace that you mm-hmm. just should pray for them because if you are accuse them or do something like that you take away god's safety net for you and i always thought that's pretty scary <laughs> it's very twisted but
0: it's all about I think human behavior too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I wanted to mention was I went on Amazon to read reviews of the book. Yeah. And these just came out. They're all five star reviews. Uh-huh. Um, none of them are from people who are defending Benny Hinn. Uh-huh. I guess they wouldn't read this. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, and let's see, there are 30 reviews. So I suppose they could all be 30 people who know the nephew. But they're all saying the same thing, that he writes it in a way where he's not he's not totally out to expose them in a mean way. What he wants to do is just point out that this lavish lifestyle of the prosperity movement is not right. Yeah. He shares his story. Somebody said his writing was winsome. Like, I've always loved that word. I do too. It shows that the false gospel is appealing, but falls short of the actual biblical gospel. So, you know, he's still a
1: pastor. Right, right costy wow it's very yeah interesting because then the whole thing like costy you know looks down at his phone gets in a fender bender and it's going to be like see you tried to come (laughs) against benny hen and all that stuff really is going behind the scenes like all the time and some of the organized religions and it's insane because people can interpret anything in any way and use that as you know, ammunition that their way is the right way. Life is too complicated to make it.
0: It, It's not that simple.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's really fascinating that his nephew's writing that. And, I mean, Benny Hinn is a caricature. Like, if you, every time (laughs) I'm posting things to our Instagram or anywhere else, like, you can, um, either I'm trying to find a GIF, GIF, yeah. Whatever, or a <laughs> sticker to put on things. There are mm-hmm. certain things that come up, like when I put Michael Cohen. There's one of you know, plenty of Michael Cohen, plenty of Trump. Benny Hinn shows up. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in in gifts and stuff like that because he's such a he's the stereotypical. Crazy this is who Robin.
0: Yeah, this is like who Robin Williams was doing whenever he would do his evangelical character. Uh, yes, absolutely. His faith healer thing. And you think that it's silly, but
1: then you see the real thing. And like it's and just, he didn't really you didn't have to add much. No, exactly. It's pretty much so I don't know if you remember. When it was quite a few episodes ago, I'm going to pause and see which one it was. It was, unfortunately, I have to say Trump's name again, because that's what we were doing the episode. But I'm going to name the episode. We weren't doing it on him. We were doing it on Paula White. Correct. Maybe. Yeah. So. You can call him Larange 13. And we were okay. talking about Paula White and that's a crazy story itself. He, Benny Hinn was the one that I referred to that all of a sudden he and she were in Italy together and the National Enquirer (laughs) took pictures of them holding hands and leaving a hotel together. Hmm. And in like, You know, they both denied everything. Well, sure. And then within like two or three months, his wife divorced him. And then. Right. They divorced, but they've been remarried. And they've remarried, of course. It's good for business. Paula White kept denying it. And then later, I think it was Benny Hinn who said, okay. You know, the truth is I had a transgression, but it was only of the mind. And so, (laughs) and he's like, but I have to ask forgiveness because that was bad enough, blah, blah, blah. So there's this whole thing of like, okay, but, you know, she keeps saying no and all this. But they're like the top, you know, influential Christians. And they just. Oh, my God. Right, right. It's so weird. It is so weird, but but
0: I guess if it's like any other industry, you date who you hang around with.
1: Yeah, that's true. You find attractive. My mom always said, if you hang out with a boy long enough, you'll find him attractive, Karen. (laughs) And that's her way of saying, like, hang around (laughs) other people. (laughs) (laughs) look somewhere else um that's funny but I was gonna say something about well one all these people had you know tons of money oh but both Catherine Coleman and Benny Hinn well she would say they didn't finish high school but um she would say I don't you know, God's using me, a very plain person. And she would tell people, right. even before she went on stage, if there were pastors that came backstage to see her before she went on, she'd say, Now, what you're going to see, I am the plainest of people. I am just plain. Even though she's in like a long evening gown, like she's guest starring on Lawrence Welk's <laughs> <The> show. <Lumber. laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then. She would go out there and give her whole, like, you know, I was born in a town of only 1,200. I don't have any talents. I'm one of the few people who was born with no talent, but God's using me. And it's this whole, like, I'm just like you. Yes. And I'm worse than you. And I'm, you know, I'm really making you feel close to me. But if you read between the lines, just like with him, it's also a, a I have nothing else I can do. If this doesn't work, I have right. no other way to make my money. And so I'm going to become really good at this. But they have to have some
0: kind of charismatic thing about them. Yes. Like, I could not get up there and do it. I can't imagine me getting up there like, oh, my God. You guys,
1: can we wrap this up in 15 minutes? (laughs) And I'd be like, I forgot what I was talking about. (laughs) All right. So we have um, not become healed. And Benny Hinn is probably on television right now if you switch your channels. And people are falling (laughs) over. And there are modesty blankets up at front, I bet. (laughs) Oh, I didn't notice that. There's a lot to unpack. I know. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. I'm at the end. There you I'm go. I'm exhausted now. All right. Well, have a good one. Have
0: a good week. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> I always want to say that. And
1: I will not. Thanks. Okay. Ciao. bye. bye.